Creating a platform by which the patients can be educated. This gives them an opportunity to bring information to their dentist to say, I'm interested in learning about this. I want you to be interested too. And we will, we may not get a top-down emphasis on oral and systemic health from the American Dental Association, the, the general dentists, uh, statewide organizations, but from the ground up, if this groundswell of patients who are interested, if a dentist has 10 patients in a week, come to them with a spit test that says, I have PGTDAAFN and I want a treatment program that's gonna help me eradicate these, the dentist is gonna start wanting to go to classes and the dentists are gonna become enlightened in the ways that these bacteria affect the rest of the body. Girl, you've got questions. Questions about your body and how to feel good in it, about your hormones and how to keep them in check. Questions about your sex life and your whole health. Can you imagine having a best girlfriend who was also a triple board certified OBGYN? A girlfriend doctor you could call and ask or tell her anything. Someone who could show you how to live any stage of life before, during, or after menopause in a big, bold, and beautiful way. Well, friends, I'm your girlfriend doctor. I believe you were meant to flourish and shine, to embrace life and awaken to all its possibilities. Let's get there together. Welcome to our show. Well, hello everyone, it's Dr. Anna Kabeca. Today we're going to be talking about dental health, oral health, dental hygiene, how that makes a huge difference in our health, and also what the oral health and the microbiome. So we'll be able to really be able to understand what does our oral health have to do with our overall health. And we may not think about it, although we're told to brush our teeth regularly, right? That it's an important part of practices. But what do I know as a gynecologist? That oral health can affect your cardiovascular health, can affect your risk of miscarriages and preterm labor. But it's something that public is not aware of. And in our country, we look at the research that's been going on in our country, looking at oral procedures, dental procedures, and we can think, oh my goodness, what have we been doing to the mouths of millions? And I will just give you a little example from my travels around the world. When I was traveling around Asia, I went to Thailand and my uh, middle daughter at the time had a toothache. So of course we took her into the dentist and they said she had a cavity and we need to get a filling. And I'm like, well, I, this was in, let me just tell you, this was in early 2007, early 2007. And they said, well, I, I said, well, I don't want her to have a silver filling or the amalgam fillings. And like, oh, and they said, oh my God. Those are biohazardous. We haven't used those in ten, over 10 years. And if we were to, we'd all have to be, you know, taking all these necessary health precautions because they're so dangerous. And that was in 2007. What does the American Dental Society say? Oh, well, they're not that bad. All right. So to discuss this issue and to discuss the, the health of our mouths, because you know, your healthy mouth, healthy kissing, healthy connection, it's all part of the Girlfriend Doctor brand. So I wanna bring in a couple guests today and um, a longtime dear friend of mine, Dr. Ellie Campbell is here with us today. Yay, Ellie. 
And also we have Danny who talks about, is a scientist with oral, investigates oral microbiome testing. Now let me first introduce to you my longtime friend, Dr. Ellie Campbell, who I met when my daughter, Ava Marie, was an infant in my hands. I mean, literally an infant in my hands. And I was lecturing in Atlanta and I was lecturing on functional medicine and looking at organic acid cellular levels. And there was this woman in the audience and she was asking so many questions, continually raising her hands, asking all these great questions. And we had from there on, we've been best, best, best of friends. So Dr. Ellie Campbell, it is amazing to have you here today. Thank you for being here. You're so welcome. And now you have a grandbaby in your arms. <laughs> and now I have a grandbaby in my arms and she's just amazing. Can I tell you, I am just so in love with this little child and she's um, just actually in her playpen, not far from us. So if you do hear, <laughs> if you do hear some, some discussion, you will, you will hear some background noise for sure, because I invite her into the conversation anytime she's interested. Okay. She's only seven months, but so she's not really interested, but let me give you uh, some background for our audience on Dr. Ellie Campbell. She is a native of Chicago living now in Atlanta. She graduated the university of Illinois and the Kirksville college of osteopathic medicine and then the Medical College of Georgia. She's board, board certified in family medicine for and has been for over 30 years. She also holds board certification from the American Academy of Integrative Medicine, and she's on the board of directors of the International College of Integrative Medicine and the American Academy for Oral and Systemic Health. As a solo physician, she specializes in, in multiple, like head to toe, I mean everything, functional medicine, biogenical hormone replacement, reversing chronic disease, cardiovascular disease, per prevention and nat natural treatments for high blood pressure, as well as her current deep vested passion in the oral systemic connection, as well as she is a vitamin D superhero. So I'm excited to bring her on and she's an amazing mom of three incredible daughters and is just the best, best of friend. So Ellie, so good to have you here today. Anna, thank you for that kind introduction. Oh my God, love you, girl. So, and we have Danny Granick, who I just newly acquainted with. He is the CEO and co-founder of Bristle. He received his BA in biochemistry from the University of San Diego. And after receiving his degree, he moved into a variety of commercial roles at Illumina, which focused on bringing genomic technologies and applications to existing and emerging markets. Danny was then recruited by Oxford Nanopore to lead sales and business development, and his passion is bridging the gap between innovation on the bench and implementation at the bedside. And here he is today to talk with us about the oral microbiome, what that means. So let's let's start with the, you know, let's start with talking about this from a clinical perspective. And Ellie, as a physician, as an integrated physician, like when does your doctor just look in your mouth to say, ah, to see if there's an infection? I mean, what's necessary beyond that? Right. So 
my journey through oral and systemic health happened after I had a patient who had a stroke and it was, she had high blood pressure. She had high cholesterol. I took care of all those things and she had a stroke anyhow and, and died, succumbed from that stroke. And I felt somehow that I had betrayed her, that I had missed an important piece in figuring out why this happened. And it turns out that she had had dental work and had a dental infection in the preceding weeks before her stroke. What I've learned over the next seven years has changed my practice entirely. And I now know that no cardiovascular prevention team, no Alzheimer's prevention team, no cancer prevention team, no pregnancy loss prevention team, no hypertension team is complete without a physician, a dentist, and a hygienist on that team. Because the role the oral cavity plays in systemic health is profound and unappreciated by family doctors across the country, including me for decades of my practice. Everything from the oral microbiome, the little bacteria that live in there is more than just bacteria. It's bacteria, viruses, spirochetes, fungi, amoebas, parasites live in our mouth. We're an ecosystem and we need to be in balance, but our diet, our drinks that we consume, our breathing all affects what happens in our mouth, leading to this epidemic of disease that is identified in the mouth, but has symptoms everywhere else in our body. So I hope we're going to explore some of those things. And not only can we identify them, but we have myriad treatments to get them under control to reduce our risk. Yes, absolutely. And I think that it was so profound in what you said, is that nothing, heart health, pregnancy loss, cancer health has to look at the mouth. So how do you begin assessing that? So as a family doctor, the first thing I do is I now, we're all used to as doctors, we take a history before we talk to our patient, past medical history, past surgical history, medications, allergies, right? We take an obstetrical history and we mark those in our chart by different subcategories. I now also take a dental history. I ask my patients, do you have any teeth that hurt? Do your gums bleed? Do you have any missing teeth? Do you have any crowns, root canals? And also, do you snore? If we take those pieces and include them in our medical history, then once they open their mouth, I can look for clues on the physical exam that I missed and ignored for over 20 years. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And, and so then what do you do? What if someone has like, give, give us an example. So what if someone, the situation of, of dental fillings, having dental fillings removed, having root canals removed, teeth pulled, implants put in, I mean, there's so many questions here. We're, we're pause on that as we, I want to go in to discuss with Danny. So Danny, your company does oral health testing, which I thought was brilliant. I just ran across you guys at the Dave Asprey's biohacking conference in California. And so tell us, tell us about this. What, what does this test do? Why is it important and how can it help the patient and how can it help the physicians like Ellie and myself? I'm so excited to learn because did you know, Anna, that cavities are contagious? Well, figured the bacteria in our mouth, we transfer with one kiss, we can transfer over 20 million bacteria within like 
a few seconds, up to 20 seconds, right? With one Yeah, kiss. my dentist friends tell me that they commonly will see college kids come back at Thanksgiving. We're coming up on this, right? Come back from their first semester away at college with a mouthful of cavities. Kids who have been well-controlled while they're living at home with mom and dad, their diet is good. They go off to college, they have pizza and beer and kiss a bunch of people. And now they have a mouthful of cavities. Wait, I have Wouldn't a college student. Great? Hopefully she's not like just randomly <laughs> kissing a bunch of people. Possible. 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 So wouldn't it be great to have a test that moms could send their kids away with before a tragedy happens that results in a dental procedure? Well, and other things I always say, you know, and this is one thing, this has been my sexual health counseling for my kids. Okay. It's a lot more than this, but I'm like, who do you really want to swap your microbiome with? I mean, we think about it with oral. I mean, if a kiss is that much, what semen, you know, fluids containing bacteria, I mean, that is swapping microbiome and where does that go? Let alone, right. of course, with not to mention the fact that the human papilloma virus, <laughs> yeah, the human papilloma virus we know is the wart virus, right? Yes. We know that it causes genital warts. What is underappreciated is that it also causes oral cancer. And this is what we're and, talking about, HPV. And so yeah, sometimes HPV. you'll have doctors do like, a, you can do a, a wood slamp to look like a seat, right? How do you testing yes. for HPV in the mouth? You can use a spit test um, and you can screen for uh, human papillomavirus. Mostly Just we like you do dental... in the vagina. Correct. Mostly right. we let our dentists take a very careful, deep examination. Your dentist should be examining the lymph nodes in your neck underneath your jaw. They should take a deep look inside your mouth. They should be using a special lamp to screen for abnormal cells. And then they have the capacity to do a smear and or a spit test to screen for this because it's a terrible cancer to get. But this and isn't part of um, routine, your routine physical at your regular family physician's office. Even today, it's not. I mean, correct. typically it's concierge doctors, age management doctors. And we're looking at this because like you said, throat cancers from HPV. Yes. So Danny, tell us about your new test. I'm so excited to learn about it. Yeah, thank you. And I, I mean, I wanted to say, I think, Ellie, your description of the state of dental care and the oral microbiome, I could not have said it better myself. So I'm going to have to go back in the recording and use some of that in the future. But, you know, I think your your points around dental care are spot on for a long time. They've, dental care has been siloed, uh, completely compartmentalized from medical care and our overall health. Yeah, and somewhere I think along the way, started... we cut the head off from the rest of the body. Right. And we had one doctor take care of the head and the other doctors take care of everything else. And guess what? They're connected and they talk to each other and you swallow saliva and you get it into your gut and you get gut bacteria up into your mouth and you've got to balance both to be healthy. Exactly. And you know, the goal of Bristle is to make it easier for people to get insights into their oral health, because if you are completely dependent on having access to a dentist or seeing a dentist regularly to get insights into your oral health, we know for a fact, I think, you know, the last time I looked, 30 million U.S. adults don't do their yearly dental checkups. And the top reasons are fear or anxiety, cost and inconvenience. So it's not it's not avoidance by choice, it's avoidance because of these financial, mental, or physical barriers that get in the way. Uh, the other piece is, 
dental care has been largely reactive, which you touched on. You know, we, we wait until we get the symptoms of disease, and then we need reactive procedures to remove disease tissue, uh, like a cavity filling or a root canal or something like that. So what we do at Bristol is we take a saliva sample, and we know that uh, oral diseases like gum disease, cavities, uh, even halitosis, so chronic bad breath, are all rooted in specific microbes that live inside of our mouth. And our tests take the saliva sample and we look at all of the different kinds of microbes that, that are in somebody's saliva. So that's all of the bacteria. And I think there are over 700 different 700 kinds of bacteria. different kinds of organisms that live there. Right. So if, if any of those bacteria are in there, we'll identify and quantify it. Um, but our tests also can detect, and we're starting to build scores around the viruses and the fungi that you mentioned, because for such a long time, you know, we, we've only been using symptoms to characterize oral disease. And then we've had a couple of tests come to the market, but they've only looked at five or 10 bacteria that are, you know, kind of your most common culprits. Uh, but no test has existed that's really comprehensively looked at the oral microbiome. And that's the idea behind the company is we want to take a truly root cause approach to the oral microbiome and oral health. And by leveraging the technology to look at these bacteria, we can detect them at the very smallest abundances before they've had a chance to cause damage. And so yeah, then so we're looking at important. this testing. We're looking at this test. Sorry, Ellie, one second. So we're looking at this testing and we're doing the salivary spit test, right? So it's almost like we're doing a salivary hormone test and we're going to collect it first thing in the morning into these little containers. And from this, you're running DNA, RNA testing to look at the, the pattern or the highly virulent or the protective strains of bacteria. And then what do we do with this information? Yeah. So we look at all of it. Um, we look at all of the bacteria and we do whole genome sequencing. So we don't just get the identity. We actually are able to look at functional information, the role that all of these different, and I'm going to use just for the purpose of the, the discussion here, bacteria and microbes interchangeably, but we look at everything. So we look at exactly how these bacteria cause disease. And what we're able to do is separate out those bacteria. So if you have a hundred different kinds of bacteria in your mouth, maybe 10 of them are karyogenic. So they uh, metabolize carbohydrates and they produce the acid. And if you have a, a really high abundance of those bacteria, they're producing a lot of acid. That acid ends up eroding the enamel on your teeth and eventually that can lead to a cavity. And maybe you have five other kinds that are associated with gum inflammation and they live between your tooth and gum line. And as they grow in abundance, they increase the spacing between your teeth, they lead to infection and immune response and inflammation, and you end up with periodontal disease. And then the same thing with halitosis. You have these different kinds of bacteria that can live in different parts of your mouth and cause different kinds of damage. And what dental care has been about for the last, well, forever has been kind of at the very end of that spectrum of disease, we've been characterizing disease by the, the resulting symptoms and that, and that's been it. So we break down all of the bacteria. We roll that up into a single score to make it easy for people to take a quick glance and kind of understand their oral health. And then based on the bacteria that you have and the scores that you have, we match you with personalized recommendations. So that's everything from 
dietary recommendations, hygiene recommendations, specific oral care products and ingredients uh, and probiotic strains to look for to rebalance the oral microbiome and increase the abundance of the beneficial bacteria while reducing the abundance of the pathogenic species. Yeah. So, I mean, if we think of that, we think from the practical level, we're getting this information. We're now aware that the oral microbiome through kissing, through share, I mean, can we share a glass and spread oral microbiome? And yes. like, and you wonder, like, this is why we say like, you know, families that live together, can you start looking alike? I mean, there's part of the oral microbiome that has to do with that anyway. Is that and true or what? not this, true? This is a great little tidbit I learned last week. We share some of our oral microbiome with our dogs and dogs can get periodontal gum disease too. And we share many of the same bacteria. Oh, wolves, no, not sharing any bacteria wolves in dogs. the wild never had periodontal disease until dogs became domesticated. So dogs and wolves share bacteria with humans. And okay. So, so what, what does a good oral health look like? What is good oral health look like? How do we achieve it? We get this information. Like I'm I kind of, you know, I, I want to like think about this and think, okay, well, what do we need to do within our houses? What do we need to do if we have heart disease, if we've had miscarriages and why it's so important to look at this information? Well, I think, first of all, let's get information, right? First of all, I think we need to know our numbers. Unfortunately, many dentists are not yet enlightened to the fact that these periodontal bacteria can cause diseases outside of the mouth. So they don't recognize that PG, for example, porphyromonas gingivalis, once it gets into your gum tissue, it can get inside your red blood cells. And once it's inside your red blood cells, it can travel everywhere to your body. And the symptom that the patient, like my patient, the symptom that they might be experiencing from their dental problem is a stroke. Or the symptom, like my sister, might be pancreatic cancer. So we have to recognize that there's these intimate connections. So first thing is see a dentist who's enlightened, who recognizes or understands that there is a connection. And that may be called a biological dentist, a functional dentist, an integrative dentist. We don't yet have a single term for them. American Academy for Oral and Systemic Health is assembling a very large database that will be available to patients online to help them choose an enlightened dentist. Next, recognize that pink in the sink is a 911 dental emergency. If you have, if you brush your floss and you spit into the sink and there is blood, this is not ever normal. No matter how long you've had it, if it's, if you've had it for years and it's always there and it's normal for you, it's not normal. When you see the dentist, you want to know something called your periodontal depths and the bleeding on probing sites. So these are numbers, just like we know our blood pressure, just like we know our cholesterol number, just like we know our blood sugar, we should know our BOP, bleeding on probing, and our periodontal depths. Our hygienists should be sharing these numbers with us. If you have pocket depths, more than four millimeters, they're gonna take a little probe and stick it between your gum and your tooth and see how deep it goes. If it's deeper than four millimeters, you have a problem. You have advancing periodontal disease, you are at risk not only for losing that tooth, but also for all those systemic problems that we've talked about. If you have bleeding on probing, you need a 
care plan to address that. And that might include scaling and planning, a deep cleaning, but it should include a great many more things, including testing for these periodontal pathogens, making sure that you have the bacteria identified so you know what you're treating, and then a strategy to be sure that they're eliminated. Because it's been standard of care in the dental community to accept chronic long-term bleeding as a consequence of this disease. And unfortunately, this means the disease is being undertreated and the patient is likely to suffer long-term consequences from a partially treated disease. I'm here to tell you that periodontal disease can be stopped and in many cases reversed. We may not be able to grow new gum tissue, but we can prevent any worsening of the gum disease and we can prevent you from losing teeth or suffering the consequence if we get your oral health under control. And that's a totally comprehensive program. It's not just a matter of more brushing and flossing. While that is important, um, it's typically an idea of making sure that oral mouth acid pH balance is good. Acidity in the mouth, not sugar, causes cavities. Right, exactly. The bacteria in your mouth will make acid. But if you're sipping acid all day long because you are- Sodas, coffee, tea, Apple juice, energy drinks, Element, all of these energy drinks, the goo that marathon runners use to keep their energy going. These are highly acidic foods and drinks, and they can literally cause cavities, periodontal disease, and shift the microbiome. So an alkaline diet, that's full of fiber and polyphenols, rainbow colors from plants. These are paramount to having a healthy oral microbiome. And it's bi-directional. Your gut, you swallow over a liter of saliva. So if you have bad bacteria in your mouth, you're going to get bad bacteria in your gut. And if you have not enough pH in your stomach, you're going to put bad bacteria up into your mouth from your gut. So it's bi-directional and we have to fix both in order to get the patient truly healthy, which usually means working with a functional medicine practitioner of some kind to ensure that you have a comprehensive approach. But your dentist has to be doing all the right things for you as well. And I think it's so important to, to, you know, do that, to understand that it's not just you go in for your cleaning twice a year. Danny, can you speak to this? I mean, Ellie has given us so much information here. And I think that it you know, like, how does it tie into like understanding, like, does it really matter what is showing up in the oral microbiome testing? Because can't we just do a like one size fits all cleanse and, or just mouthwash your mouth and, no. and Listerine <laughs> and, or yeah, like, so that goes all yeah. the way, right. That's what we've been taught. Like use these caustic you know, I, things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's true for a lot of medicine. Like we hear it's it's very ritual based, right? You hear, okay, brush and floss twice a day. I don't, you know, obviously not everybody does that, but the idea is if you do these two simple things, you shouldn't get oral disease. But we know that that's not true because even for people that do brush and floss twice a day, you know, cavities and gum disease are still the most prevalent diseases on the planet. They have been for the last 30 years. So clearly this one size fits all, it's kind of minimalistic, approach that we're taking to maintaining good oral health isn't actually effective at the individual level. And that's rolling up to population levels as well. We know for a fact that 
you know, there are different things that, that different patients have to change to, to maintain good oral health. And part of that is based on the patient's personal preferences and what they're willing to change. If somebody, you know, somebody who's been smoking for 30 years may not be willing to quit, but there's probably 20 other things that they can implement to help mitigate the risk that smoking introduces to their oral health. Uh, and then the other piece is starting to understand what kinds of interventions and treatments are best based on somebody's specific bacteria that are affecting their oral health. So we have uh, kind of termed, we've used periodontal disease or gum disease as an umbrella term for what's actually a bunch of different individual and unique conditions. Periodontal disease driven by P. gingivalis is a very different condition than periodontal disease driven, driven by F. nucleatum. And those bacteria may respond to different interventions. So for the person with a high level of, of one bacteria, uh, a certain probiotic strain may be more effective than somebody with just as, just as much progression on disease, but a different bacteria driving it uh, would respond to the same intervention. And what we're trying to do is be very precise and personalized around the interventions the treatments and the behavioral changes that we recommend people make so that it, it's what works best for them. And that's the big change that we're trying to make. We're tackling the specific bacteria and we're making sure that the recommendations we make are so that we can lower the levels of that bacteria. Yeah, I think that that's really profound. You know, unfortunately, when I have tested patients, I do uh, oral salivary diagnostic testing in my office as part of my annual exam for many of my patients in my primary care family medicine office. That's very unusual. When I send the patient with these bacteria to their dentist, as many as nine out of 10 of their dentists don't know what to do with the information. So creating a platform by which the patients can be educated, this gives them an opportunity to bring information to their dentist to say, I'm interested in learning about this. I want you to be interested too. And we will, we may not get a top-down emphasis on oral and systemic health from the American Dental Association, the, the general dentists, uh, statewide organizations, but from the ground up, if this groundswell of patients who are interested, if a dentist has 10 patients in a week, come to them with a spit test that says, I have PGTDAAFN and I want a treatment program that's going to help me eradicate these, the dentist is going to start wanting to go to classes and the dentists are going to become enlightened in the ways that these bacteria affect the rest of the body. Because if I, as the primary care provider, am concerned because I know that certain bacteria increase my patient's risk of Alzheimer's disease, and I've done genetic testing or family history evaluation, I know my patient's at risk for this, I now need to partner with that dentist and hygienist to make a care plan that eradicates that risk factor because we wanna eliminate every single risk factor that we can so that patient's disease does not progress. And that means getting the data. That means knowing what's living there. That means understanding that bi-directional relationship and not only bi-directional relationship between the organisms and the rest of your body, but the bi-directional relationship between your medical doctor and your dental doctor, right? Those doctors need to be communicating with each other. 
And as we get better and better at creating a database of where these doctors are that practice this kind of medicine and where these dentists are that understand these connections, the better the world is gonna be for the patients at large. And also I think that allowing patients to self-test is a great gateway into this, right? So that you don't have to go to your doctor to get a test. You can self-prescribe it. And I wanted to ask you, Danny, if we could look at a report together and get a feeling for what sorts of things or how a report might look and how we might be able to use that information as a communication tool. And I can let you share screen, Danny, if you want to do that and present a report. While while we're getting ready to do that, I'm just going to do roundtable quick snapshot. Okay, so someone has a cavity. What's the what would you do first? Well, the first question is why, right? We know that there's bacteria. We know that there's acid and we know that there's a fuel source. So where, what, what are they drinking? Are they, is the mom putting green juice, very healthy, she thought, food full of sugar, fruit juice, fructose sugar in the baby bottle and letting that baby sip on green juice all day long, right? That's a continuous fuel source. Does the kid have bacteria? Or Mountain Dew, you mean? Or Mountain Dew. It's not just Mountain Dew. We think we're doing the right thing. And then it's that. I'm from Atlanta. The land of Coca-Cola. We have Coca-Cola in their baby bottles, right? Yeah, no, unacceptable. That is is not right. And and we have so much to do, but that's the extreme. And we're thinking, okay, well, here, if we're we're listening to my podcast, we're doing these things right. right. And maybe we're making free juices and things like that. And we're being a little lax on our teenagers. I'm just speaking for myself right now. Right. And then, so, you know, I mean, right. like, and these energy drinks, these kids like to drink these highly acidic energy drinks, even if they're healthy and go to the gym, they're sipping, sipping, sipping well, for and their entire adult cavities, adult cavities too. Cause the mouth is naturally becoming more acidic. Okay. The second thing is you've got amalgam fillings, silver fillings in your mouth. They've right. been in there for a long time, but now you're having some health, uh, health conditions and your doctor's like, I think you need to get these removed. You go to your dentist and the dentist says, oh, well, I don't put a dental dam in. It interrupts me what I'm doing. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's not necessary. We use the vacuum while you're getting this removed. Yeah. Well, mercury is one of the components of a silver filling. Mercury is one of the most toxic chemicals that we have. Neurodegenerative. It's neurodegenerative and it's most dangerous in its gaseous state. How does it turn to gas? You get a drill and you start to vaporize it. So your dentist needs to be pretty much wearing a hazmat suit when they perform an amalgam replacement. And they need to have you dressed in a hazmat suit. And they need to have very specific protocols. One in particular is called the SMART protocol for removal of mercury. And if your dentist does not have a specific protocol for the removal of mercury, please get a second opinion from a a different dentist. Unfortunately, not everybody in the country has access to these trained providers. I'm very blessed that I live in Atlanta and I have 15 of these trained doctors within an hour's drive of me. If you're in rural Utah, you may not be so blessed. Okay. And so say you've already done that and they removed all your fillings, but you didn't have the appropriate hazmat or whatever you didn't, it wasn't done appropriately. And now you have worse symptoms. What, what do you do? So now you need to be working with a functional medicine practitioner who has experience in identifying heavy metal toxicity, 
learning how to use blood and or urine tests to identify these metals and then how to safely remove them from your body. Sometimes that's oral treatment, sometimes that's herbal treatment, sometimes it's intravenous treatments. In my office, we do IV chelation therapy for yep. heavy metal toxicity. It's and, and suppository, anal suppository. Expensive. Yes, there's all kinds of ways we can help get rid of metals, but you need to have an experienced practitioner. That is not a DIY strategy. Not Unlike our our oral home microbiome test, which is a DIY strategy, right? Right. So I mean, there's definitely a safe way because when we are chelating, we are chel, and this is really important for everyone to understand. When we are chelating, that means extracting metals from our system. With that, go minerals. Right. And that create mineral insufficiency. So it has to be in a pulsatile, very safe way when we're doing these right. chelation therapies. And it's really important to understand and be monitored and levels tested. And Correct. I mean, it can, it can go very, very it wrong. It can go south quickly. If it can if go south with quickly. an experienced practitioner, even as healthy individuals. So, Correct. so that's important. Okay. So now we're chelating this. And so, and then the other situation is nerve pain, root canal is needed or root canals now infected, very common, yes. needs to be extracted and a dental implant needs to be put in. And if this root canal is infected, that is seeded bacteria throughout your system. And, yes. a, and a typical prescription of ampicillin is not going to take care of it, especially if they don't know what it was. Correct. It may temporarily resolve the pain. And sometimes some dental abscesses do not require a root canal in the hands of an experienced dentist who, for example, has been trained in ozone treatment. Yes. Ozone is super oxygen. It's a gas and it can be um, injected through a syringe into the infected spot and it acts like a sterilizing agent. So it can, in some cases, get rid of those ugly bacteria. And if your immune system is strong and otherwise healthy, we may be able to prevent a root canal by using ozone in an infected tooth. If it's a root canal tooth, it is extremely unlikely that an abscess can be treated with ozone alone. The reason is that an, a root canal tooth has had the blood supply removed, the nerve removed, and it may not feel anything as it has an abscess, which is eating away at the tooth root and the bone asymptomatically, causing no symptom to the tooth. But as you alluded to, Anna, it's causing symptoms everywhere else because that bacteria is now seeded into your bloodstream. And it's sapping all the immune reserves from that part of your immune system that goes to that tooth. So we may see things like atherosclerosis in the artery. That PG bacteria that Danny mentioned earlier, that's a bugger of a bacteria. Not only can it cause plaque rupture that leads to a sudden event like a stroke or a heart attack, but once it gets down inside the artery between in the plaque where the cholesterol is building up, PG makes its own lipid. It makes fast phosphorylated diceramides. It makes its own plaque. It makes goo in your artery to surround itself in a little cocoon. So it can increase the size of the plaque, protecting itself against antibiotics in your immune system, all the while causing you to have hardening of the arteries thicker and thicker and thicker over time. 
So we don't want that bacteria in our arteries. And if it comes from our mouth, the sooner we identify it, the sooner we can get rid of it, and the less likely we are to suffer these long-term consequences. You asked about cavities. Many cavities will need to be drilled and filled, but some cavities don't have to be. There's um, some evidence that uh, oral supplementation with cod liver oil, fermented cod liver oil, and the topical application of a special toothpaste called MI paste can provide enough calcium that it can remineralize the tooth. So some superficial cavities can be treated in this way. Yeah. Furthermore, yeah. some enlightened dentists mm-hmm. have a topical antibiotic called SDF, silver diamine fluoride, and it is a type of a fluoride, so that has risks and benefits. But in some cases, we can paint the silver diamine fluoride onto the tooth, prevent the need for drilling and filling, prevent the dental cavity from spreading, and allow that tooth to remineralize and heal over time. So not every single cavity needs a filling. Most do, but the sooner you identify it and the bacteria that cause it, no, the bacteria that uh, start the process because it's the acid that causes the cavity, not the bacteria, not the sugar. Acid causes cavities. But if we can identify those bacteria and clear them away, identify the patient's eating and drinking and sleeping and breathing habits that are contributing to this acid mouth, then we can arrest the development of further cavities and allow them to heal. Did we lose Dr. Anna? Why don't you tell us about your test, what it looks like to the patient, how, what's the turnaround time? Like if I spit, how long is it going to take for me to get a result? Yeah. So uh, the process, you just go online to our website, bristolhealth.com, and you order a test. We ship it out the next day, and we can ship the test to a patient's house. We can also send it to a, a dental or a medical clinic, and the sample can be taken there. It's a a very quick process. You just spit in a tube and send it back in the mail, and then results are ready in about two weeks. So it's mostly lab processing, and then we go through the analysis portion. And uh, Dr. Anna, I'm ready to share a report if you enable screen sharing. Yep. Okay. These are... These are my results. So I'm, I'm really opening myself up here. <gasps> oh my gosh. Okay. HIPAA. All right. Yeah. All right. Can you share now? So I think it's fascinating to know that this sort of a test was not really possible until the last few years of medical science and technology, because prior to the development of PCR testing and the ability to screen for DNA of bacteria, we were dependent on cultures. And those had to grow in an incubator in the lab. And so it also only found living bacteria. Well, an abscessed tooth is mostly dead bacteria. So we missed a lot of infections and we missed a lot of contributions when we were dependent on cultures. But now with new technology, we can use this PCR DNA technology and it's a game changer. Awesome. Can you guys see see my screen? Perfect. Okay. So I'll do a quick walkthrough of the report. So like I said, I mean, I think, you know, we've been talking a lot about pathogenic bacteria. And and I think when a lot of people think about bacteria, they think about infections. But the reality is is that, you know, the oral microbiome, I think it was said, is an ecosystem. There are beneficial microbes that live in our mouth. They help 
protect us from disease. They help us process different kinds of food. And because our test looks at the comprehensive oral microbiome, we're able to identify all of the bacteria that are associated with good oral health. So that's that's really where we start the report journey is looking at those beneficial microbes. And we want to make the results as approachable as possible. So we really try to boil everything down. We give you a, a summary score from one to 10 for, for the good bacteria, a higher score is better. For the pathogenic bacteria, a higher score is worse. And that's what you see here. So you can see that I've got an eight out of 10, which is on the higher side. And on the right-hand side, we have a how you stack up chart. And the data behind it, or I guess what the chart is looking at is my abundance of bacteria related to good oral health compared against patients, the average of patients who are diagnosed by a dentist as having good oral health, so total lack of, of oral disease. And the really powerful part of the report is being able to dig into all of the individual microbes that, that we detected in the sample related to good oral health. And you can see the individual scores associated with those bacteria as well. So we can go through and... So when you say you compare to healthy people, what constitutes a healthy person? So this... This data was the result of a research collaboration that we did with the University of the Pacific Dental School uh, in San Francisco. And, and what we did is we took consenting patients who were scheduled for checkups in the dental clinic, and we sequenced their oral microbiome, and then we got access to the electronic dental records for those patients. So when we talk about uh, healthy people, these are patients that were diagnosed in a clinic by a dentist as being healthy. And then we can go through and look at all the different bacteria. So for the purpose of the conversation, I'll focus on the highest abundance microbes related to good oral health. And you can see these are kind of my top four. And then you can continue to dig in. And we have information about all of the different kinds of microbes that we detected. Uh, and you can see the individual levels. And again, this is in comparison to the population. So I have especially high levels of this bacteria compared to the average. Um, and you can continue kind of digging in and you'll see that some are thought to be associated with disease. We've identified in our research as it actually being associated with good oral health. And a big component of that is because of the level of resolution that we can get when we identify these microbes. For a long time, a lot of PCR tests are only able to identify down to you know, the genus level, but we can get down to strain level and start to differentiate. You know, I, I think a good example and a very real world example is the majority of, of strains of E. coli are harmless and, and a lot are actually beneficial. And there's those few strains that you hear about in the news and understanding which strain is present in a food can make a huge difference in whether or not you're willing to eat it. And we're finding the same thing in the oral microbiome, getting down to that really specific level of a bacteria can be the difference between thinking that it's a pathogenic strain when in reality it might be beneficial. So going down, we have a similar score for tooth decay. You can see that I have a low abundance. And again, we, we normalize all the scores. So this is in comparison to patients that were diagnosed in a dental clinic as having a cavity. Uh, and then you can see on the right, we took that healthy population and we looked at the, the abundance of those species in that clinically diagnosed healthy population as well. So I'm right on track with a healthy patient. And digging in, I've got one bacteria that we detected related to caries. And again, you can see some information about it. And just to give you an idea of 
the power of the test. So these are the bacteria that we've identified in our research and, and from public research as being karyogenic. None of these cavities. were detected in this. Right. None of these were detected in the sample, but it gives you an idea of how we've been able to expand our understanding of the kinds of bacteria that are implicated in, in disease. If we're only testing for two of these, you know, in a saliva test, I might have, you know, 10 but if you're not actually testing for it, it'll never show up. And that's why we take such a comprehensive approach to the oral microbiome. Yeah. And I would um, say for our listeners in my podcast, if you guys are listening to this podcast, hop over to my YouTube channel at The Girlfriend Doctor, and you'll be able to see this, this test. We'll also put the links here in the show notes, show notes for the testing, as well as for the video. Yeah. And I want to make a really important point that so many patients, millions millions of dollars are being spent on cosmetic dental procedures, right? People that want veneers and Invisalign, and they spend all these dollars on these things to make a beautiful smile. But those, that dental work is going to wear off. It's going to degrade. It's going to be wasted money. If you don't get your oral health in good stead before you proceed with all these expensive, extensive dental procedures. And I would like you to know that you don't have gum inflammation bacteria, periodontal bacteria, karyogenic bacteria before you have that implant put, right? If you need to have a dental implant. So let's well, do and the then work. Once you have it, you can still, I mean, this and is track and monitor it over time mm-hmm. and make sure that you're going to keep it healthy. Exactly. I think, you know, 30% of dental implants fail because of infection. Periimplantitis is another hugely common condition that occurs. And it's because there's no monitoring of of oral health after the procedure is done. We, again, just kind of wait to see if an infection pops up instead of doing what really should be infectious disease management. Continuing to go down. So my gum inflammation score, my halogenesis score aren't the best, but they're getting better. That's kind of the whole point of bristles. So nobody's perfect, but you can see, I mean, again, you know, I've got uh, a good spectrum of bacteria kind of across the different scores. And, and it's important to understand which ones are the ones that I want to tackle first, because that helps us inform the recommendations that we make, which I'll get to at the bottom of the report. Uh, And you'll be able to track these scores over time as well. Our body wants to be healthy. So in some cases, we don't have to do anything to treat the bad guys if we just enhance the good guys. Right. The bad guys will go away. So Exactly. And we've got similar scores for halitosis. And then something I think you'll be really interested in is because we're taking such a comprehensive approach to the oral microbiome, because of all the research that we do internally, we're starting to make connections, quantifiable connections between our oral and overall health. So what we look at with the gut inflammation score are the bacteria that have been shown to be able to migrate from the oral cavity to the gut. And you can see that, you know, again, I've got relatively high abundance of one species in particular correlated to gingivitis and periodontal disease, but it's also been implicated in IBD, colorectal cancer, and you know, this is important to understand because we have a lot of users that come through and, and they actually started by suffering from gut health issues. And then it manifested as an oral symptom and we're able to either identify that oral symptom and, and treat that, or again, by directional relationship, identify something in the mouth that could cause problems in the body later. And 
and address oral health as a means to prevent the onset of systemic right. conditions. Exactly. And then going down, we've got all of the recommendations and we're always adding new recommendations, but the idea here is let's, let's take a holistic, comprehensive approach to the things that you can change to mitigate your risk for disease. And this is all based on results, so it'll be different for every person but you've got all of your recommendations here and you can filter by the different kind of recommendations that we provide. So if you just wanted to look at dietary recommendations, you can filter by that. I think everybody's generally interested in the probiotics. So I'll take a look there first. And you can see that I've got a variety of probiotics to start taking. And these are all beneficial strains of bacteria that have been shown to increase the abundance of those, those beneficial bacterial species and in some cases, decrease the abundance of pathogenic ones. Take um, careful note of that letter and number, because you may find an over-the-counter probiotic with strep salivarius, but if it's not the K-12 strain, it's not going to provide the benefit that you are looking for, at least in the scientific studies that have been done to date. So that speciation, that very specific genus, species, and number is important. Exactly. Yeah, that's such a great point. Yeah. And, and we provide some background information. We've partnered with a variety of companies. So we've gone out and sourced, uh, you know, what we think are, are kind of the best offerings in the market for all of the products that we have. And in a lot of cases, we've been able to offer explicit discounts to our, our users to, to, again, lower that barrier to adopt the recommendations that we make. And then for people that really want to look into the research behind the recommendations, we have a variety of references at the bottom of each recommendation card. And then there's a follow-up. We've got certain recommendations based on somebody's results, and we're developing very specific care programs that, that people can enroll in. We also have one-on-one -on -one coaching available through the platform, so you can connect with a hygienist, uh, an oral health specialist. We've done a lot of work training our team in the oral microbiome, and then also brought a lot of that oral health knowledge over from traditional dental care. And we've got recommendations around when the next test should be taken. And again, that's based on your results. We, if you have good oral health, we're not going to tell you to take another test in three months. It's not a bad idea, but you know, this would be more likely to say six or 12 months, right? Because we're in more of a maintain good oral health, manage your choices, and, and just keep an eye on things as they progress. So that's an overview of the report. And then we've got the raw results, which a lot of people like digging into as well. This is well, to give you an idea of the, the test, these are all of the bacteria that were identified in my sample. So we generally find, you know, around 100 individual species in somebody's sample. And you can see that we're still investigating the majority of them. There's so little that we know about the oral microbiome because so little research has been done. But we're always making new discoveries and then we're working that back into the report. And again, you can filter all of these different species based on their associations and you can sort based on percentile or relative abundance. So you can see, you know, I'm in the higher kind of percentile for presence of, of these species, um, which gives you an idea of which species you should really focus on lowering over time. Mm -hmm. Danny, does your test screen for candida species or HPV virus? Yes. So we can detect candida and we should be adding a score to the test relatively soon, a fungal score that breaks down all of the different kinds of fungi that we detected. And then HPV we're also working on, um, but we, we can detect it. Uh, we're just fine tuning the, the identification 
analysis algorithm. That's awesome. You know, up to 60% of patients with periodontal disease that's resistant to treatment, they're barking up the wrong tree. They're barking up the bacteria tree and where they should be looking as the fungal tree, right? So there's these candida, these, these yeasts that are living in the gum tissue, and you don't have to have thrush to have yeast. So I'm glad to hear your test will be including that very soon. Yeah. So yeah, I think totally with that, we, we can say that in summary, no cardiovascular prevention team, no Alzheimer's prevention team, no cancer prevention team, no pregnancy loss prevention team, no bad breath prevention team is complete without salivary diagnostic testing, a medical doctor, a dentist, and a hygienist on the team. Anna, do you have anything else to add to that? Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. So we're going to look at this from a holistic uh, approach and do head to toe looking at the mouth. I mean, that is a crucial importance. I think you guys, I, I appreciate it. We can definitely, I know we could have a three hour discussion easy, but, and I, and I hate to wrap, but okay. I want you, you know, Ellie, people can work with you and consult with you virtually. Danny, you've got this test kit that people can get. So tell us, tell our audience how to get this test kit, uh, where they can get it. You're giving our audience, our listeners to the Girlfriend Doctor show and my Girlfriend Doctor private community, a special discount. So um, tell our audience about this and where to get it and what the code is. Yes. Thank so you for doing that to, too. Yeah, of course. Uh, so go to bristlehealth.com, uh, B-R-I-S-T-L-E health.com. And you'll see the website, which you know, I think it's get a kit and then you'll go to the product page and, and you can check out there. We have three options. You can get a single test or you can get a subscription for a test getting delivered every six or every three months. We have a lot of people that really want to hone in their, their oral health and, and just having it kind of automatically come kind of like your dental checkup is a really good way to, to hold yourself accountable. And then the discount code that we have is Dr. Anna 15 So that'll get you 15% off. And you can just type that in at checkout and then we'll send the kit usually arrives in I think, two days after ordering and then results. Uh, once you send your sample back, usually take around two weeks and you can share your results. So we, we enable people to download a PDF so that they can send it to their care provider, or you can actually add a care provider to your account and they'll be notified alongside yourself, you know, throughout kind of your samples journey they'll get a notification when the results are ready and they can log into their own dashboard and, and review your results. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for that. All right, bristle.com, get a test, use the code Dr. Anna 15 And Ellie, how can people get a hold of you and at, work with um, you? CampbellFamilyMedicine.com. I'm in the suburbs of Atlanta, Georgia, I'm a concierge style medical practice. We love to see patients face-to-face, -face, but after you've been here, we continue all of your subsequent visits virtually if that's the way you want to do it. Awesome. Right. And again, head to toe plus integrative facility that has such a strong functional and hormonal base. And there are very few physicians like Dr. Ellie Campbell. If you can get in to see her, 
you, that is a priority. Go to bristlehealth.com and use the code Dr. Anna 15. Check your oral health empowerment. This is part of your empowerment. Tests don't guess. And secondly, go to Campbell Family Medicine and see what the gold standard is in medical care. I mean, really, it is truly where we should hold the standard of medicine to versus where we're at today. So thank you guys for listening to the Girlfriend Doctor Show. Thank you for being here and being in this community. You definitely want to share this episode. More importantly, be proactive in your health. I love hearing your comments. Remember, I am your girlfriend doctor, and there's no such thing as TMI. You can tell or ask me anything, and we build our foundation of healthy community through love and support with each other, and we're here to support you. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Dr. Ellie. Thank you, Danny and Bristol Health. And till next time, (laughs) here we go. All right. Thank you, everyone.